This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 794 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horses in the Morning show. Jumper rider Diane Little joins the Hit'em crew for a talk about the importance of practicing pace. And we'll get right to our tip right after this nutritional minute from Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Commercial feeds are fortified with nutrients such as proteins, vitamins, and minerals. They are made up of a variety of ingredients that provide a particular amount of energy. Most feeds have been designed to address the needs of a certain type of horse. It is important to understand that all feeds are formulated by nutritionists to be fed in specific amounts. When the correct amount of feed is provided, the horse consumes the appropriate amount of energy and nutrients. The feeding directions included on the feed bag or the feed tag are specific to the particular feed and should be followed. When you feed less than the recommended amount of feed, your horse is not getting the full complement of nutrients that he or she may need. On the other hand, too much of a good thing can also be bad. The overfeeding of concentrates can lead to grain overload and oversupplementation, and feed should never be cut or mixed with other fortified feeds or plain grains because this changes the nutrient profile and can cause imbalances in energy, protein, vitamins, and minerals. If you need to include additional supplements in your horse's diet, choose products that are formulated to complement, not compete with fortified feeds. If you feed a plain grain such as oats, additional fortification may be necessary. Kentucky Performance Products supplements are specifically designed to complement, not compete with the modern concentrates used by today's horse owners. Each supplement is manufactured to exacting standards in certified facilities using stringent quality control guidelines. So choose Kentucky Performance Products supplements because the horse that matters to you matters to them. Learn more about Kentucky Performance Products supplements at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, we have our first guest on with us. She was on with us about a month ago. Her name is Diane Little, and she is from Peace by Peace Farm. And uh, she is in the jumping business, and we thought we, she was such a terrific guest the first time we had her on that we would have her back on a fairly regular bla- basis here uh, doing some jumping tips for us. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on again. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for joining us. Now, tell us what we're talking about today. You know, I wanted to just talk about kind of the prep work for the jumper ring. And, you know, all the things that go into making these horses fit enough and um, ready to really compete successfully. Okay. 
Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you think jumpering, obviously you think purely jumping, but it comes down to how important it is to kind of strengthen your horses. And when I teach my students, I focus so much on their flat work. Um, we spend, you know, our hour lessons are probably 45 minutes flat and then the rest jumping. Um, and I think a lot of times people kind of think, well, why, you know, how, how does that, how does that really kind of move over to making you successful? Well, the truth is, is that the horses jump the jumps, you know. They, they're the ones that pick themselves, lift up and over. It's our job to get them there balanced. It's our job to get them there at the correct pace. Um, it's our job to get them there, you know, bending correctly around the turn. So I put so much emphasis on kind of learning how to flap them properly so that you can take all that knowledge and kind of put it towards um, these technical jumping courses. Can you give us an example of some of the things you do uh, to get that done? Uh, and I can yeah, understand I, why, especially your teenage students are going, darn, I joined jumping so I could jump. I don't want to do all this crap. <laughs> exactly. I think sometimes it's a little shocking, but it does make a big difference. Um, you know, we work a lot, a lot on our pace. Um, there's there's three, there's kind of three paces in every gate in that you can have a collection, a medium, an extension, and a walk, and a trot, and a canter. Um, so we pay a lot of attention on being able to create those different those different paces and also being able to kind of create them quickly. So you can go from medium to extension within one stride, back to a collection and whatnot. Because when you're in the jumper ring, things are moving quick and you're going to have times where you need to bring them back really quick and then times obviously where you need to move forward. So we do a lot of work on making sure that the horses are really tuned into our aids so that when we say go, they go, or when we say whoa, they go whoa for us. No, this yeah. is giving me great ideas, actually, for things to do with my teenagers. This is going to be a great segment because you're right. A lot of times when you're, like, coming down from a jump and you've got to make a tighter turn, you really need to be able to collect the horses and make that tighter turn and then accelerate to a jump as you're coming out of a corner and all those different paces at the walk, trot, and canter are incredibly important. Um, so what would you recommend, you know, say you've got a line of fences coming at, coming at you, you know, how would you prepare for something like that, like more of the, the whole course? Can you say that again if I had what coming at me? If you had, you know, you're coming in for a whole course, what are some of the most important things for flat work that you need to do to prepare for jumping a whole entire course? Okay. Um, number one is what I just said. It's the pace. Um, that's probably my biggest one is to be able to kind of control the pace, to change it when you need to, to really understand what your horse's step is so you understand, you know, when you jump into the lines, kind of where you're going to be. You know, as a jumper, we obviously get the, the option and, and to walk the courses. So, you know, that's great and all, but I think that you really need to understand your horse at the same time. You know, when you walk those courses, you, you need to know, okay, am I on a horse with a huge step? Am I on a horse with a small step? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you might walk a normal average horse ride, but if your horse has a ginormous step, you're going to have to ride the line a lot differently than if it, you know, has a very small step. So I think it's just understanding very much kind of what your horse is underneath of you so you can really make a good, strong plan for whatever the course may be at the horse show. 
So uh, the one thing that I have a hard time getting my students to understand is the importance of the outside rain and the outside aids. You know, I think a lot of them just pull that inside rain like a lawnmower, you know, and then, then the horse loses its entire outside shoulder. How do you stress to your students, hey, guys, this this is just as important or if not more important as the inside rein and the inside leg. We do a lot, a lot of shoulder in on the flat. I love shoulder in because I think it's one of the easiest ways to teach the students how to put the horse on the outside rein. It's also one of the easiest ways, I believe, for them to just feel what that feels like when they actually become on the outside rein. When they kind of bring that shoulder around and in, use their inside leg to kind of push them onto those three tracks, push them onto that outside rein, all of a sudden they get the feeling of what it's like to actually have them balanced on the outside rein. So I think that's when, I can, that's when it can kind of move forward into the jumping courses. I think one of the biggest issues is, is all of us teachers who have felt it just keep telling them, get them on your outside rein, when they have absolutely no idea what that feels like. So they're kind of just pulling on the outside rein. So, so the flat work is what kind of teaches them the feeling of, of that true balance. Um, and I prefer, I, I think shoulder rein is one of like, the best ways of teaching that. Cool. Got it. Now, Diane, do you find, uh, you know, we had this conversation on the dressage show last week. They were talking about, they were talking about natural ability and, you know, being a, uh, and just having innate talent. And do you find that there are some of the kids that you have coming up and the teenagers, now maybe by the point they get to you, it's, it's, not, it's not an issue, but they just don't get it. They can't see the lines. They can't see the marks. They don't understand, they don't understand the strides and they're never going to be a jumper. They should be doing something else. <laughs> um, well, to be honest, I was kind of one of those kids. I, this sport never came easily to me. Um, I never had the best eye. It, just, it always felt like, gosh, some of these, these kids out there, they just get it. They just see it. Um, and I always kind of struggled with that. But when somebody, when I had a, a trainer that, that really taught me kind of the basics then really got me strong on the basics and really taught me how to understand, you know, how to kind of manipulate the horses, how to kind of engage the horses. Well, then all of a sudden I realized, well, if I just learn how to kind of create a good, powerful, solid canter, if I learn how to create um, a good pumping hind leg on these horses, well, even if my eye isn't perfect, I've created so much power, so much energy that, that – whether or not I get a little long, a little short, whatnot, I'm still okay. Um, I do think it comes easier for some people than other people, but I truly believe that, it, you know, if you really work hard on this sport and you really kind of dedicate yourself to it and really try to try all different things and, 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 and ride all different horses, I think that you can go far no matter what. I think just some people it takes them a little bit longer to figure it all out. <laughs> Now, Jamie, did you how how are you when it came to uh, the jumper ring? Did you? I was amazing from day one. Okay, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I think really it it just depends on the instructor that you have. I don't feel like I really had great jumper instruction until I was in my early twenties. I rode with a hunter trainer for years. I mean, that was all I had growing up. And, you know, 
you kind of peak at a certain height. You know, say I, I showed the low hunters, which is the three foot hunters all growing up all through high school. And, you know, I think that things change when you get over three foot. The jumps become a little more up and you have a little more down and you can't just get in your little hunter two point and kick over all of them like you would um, a three foot fence when you start jumping bigger fences and you learn to jump bigger fences there's a lot more involved with your upper body and with your lower leg uh, so I don't feel like I really started learning about jumping until I was probably in my early 20s and rode with a guy named Nick Larkin and then it just now I'm in my mid-30s, and I, I have another coach who has just opened up a whole new world to me. So I don't think you ever quit learning. I think you just get better, you know, as you as you go. But you have to have an instructor that understands you and pushes you and teaches you things as opposed to says, go do that, go do that. And that's what I appreciate about you is that you're working on the flat work. You're teaching these kids the differences. It's not just hop on and jump and get off, which is what I did growing up. And so I try to do things a little bit different, too. Yeah, Agreed. I mean, I think I agree with you. I, I, didn't, I didn't have this kind of instruction um, my whole life. And when I, when, I was with an instructor, when I was with an instructor that kind of all of a sudden opened up those doors for me and taught me how to really kind of create energy and taught me really kind of how to understand the horses a little bit better, it really it, it changed everything. Um, it, it changed everything about my riding and also... It made it also a little more interesting, I think, that sometimes when you're younger, you get stuck into that three-foot mode where you can just kind of hunt around, can get away with things that, that maybe as they get bigger, you can't get away with anymore. Um, I right. think when you start to learn how to, how to really, really um, ride these courses, if you know what I mean, like sit back and ride them, it makes it, it, makes it really fun. It makes it really interesting. It sure does. How's that, Glenn? Well, Did we answer your question? We were yes, both sucky for a long well. time, and we just got awesome all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was what I was trying to say, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Diane, where can people learn more about you? And you, you have a Facebook page. It's Peace by Peace Farm, right? Yes, Peace by Peace Farm. Um, and then uh, my website should be up soon. That's com. We're putting that all together, so that will be up there soon. But the Facebook page is already up there. Um, we, try, we try to put new stuff about the farm all the time so people can read about how we're doing it at the horse shows and whatnot, try to update it pretty constantly. So anybody that wants any more information can look at that. Or um, my phone number is 267-838-0385, and I love to get phone calls. So anybody can call. You might have said this. Where are you located again? Chester Springs, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And outside okay. of Philadelphia. Horse country. Outside of Philly. That's right. Very good. Well, thank you, Diane. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll have you back again soon. Thank you. I really. And that's a wrap. If you love listening to the Horses in the Morning gang, putting in their two cents on everything horse, along with fascinating interviews from around the equestrian world, you can tune in every weekday morning at horsesinthemorning.com. And don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. This podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of Kentucky Performance Products, and you can visit them online at kppusa.com. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zoom and get your horse podcasts 
automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.